Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to the third episode of Chief Concerns, the very first true Kansas City Chiefs debate-style show with the former Chiefs players debating the current team. We are here with our host, former tight end Jason Dunn and former cornerback Eric Warfield. And today is extra special as we have our very first guest in Hall of Fame tackle, Willie Rove. Willie, welcome to the show, man. We're happy to have you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. I got to ask, when was the last time all three of you guys were together? One of the Chiefs, uh, one of the Chiefs uh, 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 honorary deals with guys going to Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah. Brian Water. Brown Waters. Brown yeah. Waters, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's good to finally have this, this connection on the show. I, I, I got to say, I love it. I was, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I feel like we I, we need to get the pads on and get uh, Dwayne Clemens or Bonnie Holiday in here for uh, a little Oklahoma drills. We, 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 we got we got enough for it. <laughs> yeah, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen Bonnie Holiday in, in forever. Who, Bonnie? Nah. Yeah. Mm-mm. I know last time he was supposed to be, is he still down in Atlanta? I think uh, last time I checked, he was still down that way. No. Yeah, yeah, I think D. Clem, D. Clem is still in Kansas City. I know he's training out there, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Is he? Yeah. I think so. It's interesting to see the amount of players that are not from Kansas City who end up going to play for the Chiefs and then end up living there. And I've seen that a lot with a lot of players who have gone to Kansas City at some point in their career and they end up staying there and living there. Is it that like, is it one of those areas that's kind of like, that kind of draws you in? I mean, it's, I think it's one of those situations to where when you get there, uh, you're playing on the team, you get to know the city, you got your family all relocated there. And if it's at, right at the end of your career, uh, and you feel like your family's situated good enough to where you can raise your kids and continue living a prosperous life. It's a good, you know, it's a good place to just stay and go ahead and uh, make that living. But uh, yeah, a lot of people do live, do, do continue to do that. And some of them end up going back home or trying out different cities. Yeah. Yeah. I think, man, you, you know, like you said, just the school system in Kansas. I know a lot of guys living in Kansas. I actually lived in the Missouri part. So I lived up North. Uh, by the airport so it was kind of hard for me because my family was back here in Kentucky so I was flying back and forth as much as possible uh, but yeah as far as like you know family atmosphere and stuff like that I, I could see that you know guys living out that way in Kansas and hey, Will you were there you were there for like three years did you did you, did you still go back a lot I mean outside no. you know, going back for games and stuff yeah no I, I was there four years uh, you know I was coming off surgery knee surgery when I got there and I had moved to California because I got traded from New Orleans so I was back and forth in between there in California at the time, but I think I think also a lot of people like it because of the, you know, the, the, you know we had a we had a great bond between the guys we were there, and the cost of living was good. So a lot of guys liked it because of the cost of living and everything, and you know a lot of guys like you said a lot of guys still stay there. But I was at that time I was back and forth between there and California, and I did like uh, Eric I I, I I came to Florida because of no state tax, so I had to get out of California. <laughs> I moved all the way south. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I feel like KC's in one of those the, the rare sport towns that's kind of kind of has that small town feel. Like I'm I'm from the DC area, and so, I mean these guys don't really get connected to the, the city as much as the Kansas City. Where like if you go to Miami and stuff, there's really no connection with the city. You know, like it doesn't have that kind of small town feel. You know, where I feel like Kansas City, everyone kind of rallies around the Chiefs, and I mean Royals too, but obviously the Chiefs is the, is the main one. So, but Miami, you got a lot of things going. You got the Marlins. You got you got. Uh, a ton of college, well, the college is there. You got the Miami Heat. Uh, so you got a variety of sports. 
Yeah. Kansas City only has the Royals and the Chiefs. Yeah. So the the the, the city is more tuned in to those two because that's the only professional two sports. That you, well, you have the soccer team, but it's not as big. Right. Um, from as far as the big major sports, uh, you got the Royals and, and the Chiefs. That that's that's all you have. Right. And the nightlife aspect, too, is got to play a part of it as well. You know, people, it's, it's why I say a lot of San Diego people aren't going, aren't going to the Chargers, didn't go to the Chargers games because there's so much to do during the day. People aren't, they don't really care as much as a team. But I guess in areas that do have a lot of going on, I guess people, you know, people grab, just gravitate towards more, more towards the Chiefs. Since, you know, there's really nothing, not a lot going on, but, you know, Kansas City's that the Chiefs are the main thing there. So I guess that's kind of got to play a part of it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're hot now. It's hot as well, yeah. going, so. I tell you, I, I used to always describe it to uh, to everybody like Kansas City was a, a big city with a small town mentality. That's what I said, you know, and I was coming from a, a big city like Philadelphia. But coming out there, I mean, everything was just kind of and, and I lived in Blue Springs when I first got there to Kansas City, which is like, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to call it Mayberry, but it, it's, a, it's a real small town in itself uh, that's just really separated from down there deep in, in Kansas City. Plus, it just helped to have this print arena when it came there, too, you know, for guys to kind of stay there, kind of bring up it a little bit. So, you know, I know it's been talking about bringing a, a, a professional basketball team there. I don't know if they will, but shoot, it's a good market for it. Yeah, they say the Raptors might play there this year I just, as like kind of maybe an experiment to see if it does like break in, like, I guess, uh, the, the, uh, not, not Pel- Oklahoma City, that's what they did during the Katr- Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. They saw they saw the big market in OKC and they, they ended up moving there as an NBA team. So, all right, let's, uh, let's get into it for our Chiefs concern number one. Uh, this past weekend, we saw the Carolina Panthers come to town and take us down to the final minutes. But nonetheless, we came out with a 33-31 to 31 win. What were the biggest takeaways? Jason, what was the biggest takeaway you saw? Uh, biggest takeaway from this. Uh, so I'll start offensively. You know, offensively, it's, it's still the same concerns I'm looking at. It's always, you know, offensive line. You know, the lack of the rushing, the football. Uh, so, you know, you got, you got to establish a, a run game uh, to be competitive. Uh, you know, especially – you know, later on when you're talking about in the future, you know, what you're trying to do. So that that's concerned still. The offensive line is still, a, you know, question to me. Running backs, I know Le'Veon Bell is there. Hadn't really used him a lot. That may come come after they get finished with the bye. Uh, defensively, you know, stopping the run. You know, getting off the field. You know, I mean, you had three conversions on fourth down. I mean, that's that's tough. So there, there's a lot of concerns there with, with the defense as, as far as, like, sustaining uh, – um, you know, offenses get gotta get off the field, pure and simple. That's it. So that was my two concerns I seen on that. Eric, uh, I mean, it was a slow start, and I and I think I heard one of the commentators say that uh, we tend to play down to our, our level of competition, uh, just just by the way how slow we started things out offensively. Yes, Carolina poses a threat whenever McCaffrey's on the field. He that's that's just who he is. He's been that way for going up against. Every team, uh, it's, it's hard to watch him coming out of the backfield, coming you know as a as a running back, and also as a as a receiver, because he's such a threat, and it's hard to match up with him because of his speed and, and agility. Uh, now defensively, yes, we had some struggles, uh, couldn't quite match up with him, and couldn't stop their their offense going. Uh, but it's, it's midway through the season. Uh, I think that'll all get passed up here at the end, uh, near the end of the season when we get deep into conference play. And I think we'll be okay um, uh, when it comes to uh, playoffs. Willie? Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I think the secondary is is trying to get healthy. They struggled a little bit. 
you know, against them. And like like Jay said, you got to establish the run in the games. And uh, Carolina's got a they're a good football team. Uh, you know, Bridgewater is a, is a pretty good quarterback, and they play hard every week. And uh, you know, they've been in some tough tough football games, but uh, we pulled out the win. I, I think I think sometimes the Chiefs uh, they get a little too fancy with their plays. You know, they got a lot of toys, and they like to experiment. And I just think they rely. Sometimes they let Mahomes improvise and do a little too much because he's so gifted. Sometimes they, they take it for granted. But like you said, they can make the game a lot simpler if they slow the game down and run the football, control the clock, and and and, and play four, four, four down offense. But they they tend to like to let Mahomes do his thing sometime, and, and sometimes it'll, it'll bite him in the butt. But, you know, they got away with it. And, and, you know, a win is a win, and they only got one loss. Now, when it comes down to those crazy kind of plays, I think we saw at the end of the game, there was like that third and there was that third and short play where they had like, they put three dudes in the backfield. It was like, a, it was a weird eye formation. They had three dudes back there. They all, you know, they all kind of motioned out and then nothing really came of that play. Is that more on Andy Reid or is that more Mahomes? Like, a, let's check out of it and, and, and kind of do it, you know, just a, a normal run play or something like that. Who is that? The onus lie on when it comes to that kind of stuff. I think that kind of plays into with the motion stuff, too, because, like, when you put all those those guys in the backfield, as a quarterback, you have your audibles. You're going to check off. Um, and when those guys spread out, you either know they're going to be man or they're going to be zone defense, depending on where those corners and those safeties go. So that's basically what you're doing. Like, they're all going to line up in that eye formation. We're not going to run a play out of that. If we do, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen that you know, with, with three guys in the, in the backfield like that. But it's basically, basically to determine – you know, what kind of a defense you're up against. Uh, but it also adds a little trickery to it also. Because uh, that's basically, heck, I think since Mahomes has been there, we've run more trick plays than I've seen with any offense in the NFL so far. Uh, but we we get away with it, you know, because we have such a talented quarterback. Yeah, that, that, you know, that falls into, like, when you said just the formation in itself, you know, it's just misdirection. It's trick plays. Like you said, you want to find out if it's man, if it's zone. But also, too, it's about the matchups, Right. So when you're sitting over here and you got a guy going in motion, a guy runs out fast, you immediately know because you're, you're practicing this play in practice. It, you know, it doesn't just pop up. I mean, you've been practicing this play. So I always it's like this. Okay, this is what we're looking for in this defense. If this happens with this man, this is what we're looking for. We're going for this guy. If it's zone, we're looking for this. So you already got the options off the play that you want to run. But then all of a sudden, it's, it's like I said, it's all about the matchups. I'm just setting everything up. Uh, but, you know, like like Patrick, like, like Eric said, when you have Patrick right there, you know, he's so talented, what he can do. You know that he'll get you out of anything just with his arm alone. So those guys, you know, small, elusive guys, you just want those guys to get open just for a second. That's all it takes. So that's pretty much it. Um, and, there was, and there was, I guess the, the play of the day, I think everyone was loving the one was the uh, Mahomes going in motion on his rollout touchdown to Demarcus Robinson. I mean, what, what, what came to mind when you, when you saw that baby? That, 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 was, that, that was insane. That was like a flag football kind of play. I mean, it's something you don't see in professional football. I mean, what, what was your guys' thoughts on that? I, again, like, you got to have the right players to, do, to, 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 make, to make those calls, to run those plays. And with Mahomes' throwing ability, we've seen him throw, you know, across the field 50, 40 yards, uh, running the opposite direction. So we just – I think they've designed a lot of which – plays into his whatever you want to call it, his package of what he, he what he's capable of doing there's not a lot of quarterbacks that can run those kind of plays or that you have the confidence to say hey we're going to try this play with you uh but since he's such a talented guy 
you're able to go out there and try these plays out. Like Jason said, you do it in practice. Uh, but when you see opportunity, uh, you try it at that time. So, Willie, what was your thoughts when you saw that uh, that, that play? Uh, again, like you said, Mahomes, I think he's the best, especially the best player in the league. Um, like you said, when you got somebody like Mahomes back there, it's, it, you know, you can tinker around with it. You know, it's like a, it's like a high-end toy. So, like I said, like, sometimes they just need to run plays and play solid football like like they did when they went on the road against who was that played against a few weeks ago and they and, and they rushed for like 170 180 yards and they, yeah and they put it on Buffalo and just played solid football and got them out of the way you know and I, and I know that line's been banged up some this year but sometimes you just play straight up football and when it come playoff when it come playoff time you want to slow the game down anyway like they said it's mid-season it's a lot of football left they're seven and one so they're sitting in a great situation Pittsburgh's still undefeated, but the Chiefs are sitting. I mean, they go to the AFC title game two years ago, and they could have gone to the Super Bowl, and they got a Super Bowl, and they're seven and one this year. So, I mean, uh, the defense got to tighten it up some, but it's not much you can complain about when you're seven and one. You just got to tighten things up. And I, and I like I like Spagnoli, the, co- the defensive coordinator. He's been around a while, so uh, they're going to be tough to deal with if, if they keep playing this way. I'll tell you what, let, let me let me add on to this, man. I'm just thinking about this. It has to be like a little bit of arrogance there too, right? I mean, with some of the stuff that you do offensively, these guys, I mean, you know you're out there having fun at practice, right? You, you in the meeting room, like, look, let's try this this week. Let's try this this week. You know these guys are just having fun. And sometimes you just want the guys to go out there and just, you know, lay it all out, have fun. We're going to try this play. I mean, it, look, you're just being creative. But you know a little bit just that confidence, right? It's that arrogance that they have. And sometimes, man, that arrogance might get you in trouble. Like you said, you just can't keep running all these little trick plays because, like I said before, man, you got an investment back there. What what'd you say, E? Half a bill investment Half back there? <laughs> don't, don't keep putting that joke in the, in the position to get hurt. Can't do it. What, what did Coach Mill call him the ticket? <laughs> <laughs> That's the ticket right there, baby. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what y'all had, though. Like, y'all had such a dominant running game with the offensive line and Priest and LJ. Mm-hmm. To where we can be in uh, second and 15 for whatever reason we end up losing the yardage, and we can run the ball because we know we can get uh, 12, 15 yards on that next run just, just because of the push from the offensive line and plus the talent of the, of the running back. So uh, you, you know what you have, as we said weeks ago when we first started this, you know what you got in the garage. You know mm-hmm. what that car can do. Um, and there's times when you want to, you know, try a few things out. When you got that kind of talent, you can do that. You know, whether you're tied or you're up, up by seven or you're down by seven, you still know that you have what it takes on that offensive unit to either put you back in the game or to win the game. Yeah. And, uh, some, some of the concerns here is going to go to the, then our next topic is the for the second week in a row, we saw our running game not be able to surpass 50 yards rushing. I think we had 36 this week. And we played against the Jets and Panthers, both teams who have allowed at least 110 yards on the ground uh, per game this season. Jason's alluded to the, the O-line concerns as, as one of the big things he's noticed throughout the last couple of weeks here. Um, I guess, Willie, this is for you. What problems are you noticing? I, I know there's some, there's some, there's some injuries there, but what, what kind of problems are you noticing as far as is it scheme or just, I guess, continuity of guys who are on the line? I, I, don't, I don't know if it's scheme and continuity and also just them 
getting away from the run and wanting to throw the ball a lot. I mean, all these teams now want to get away from the run and let Patrick improvise and move around in the pocket and and run those plays and do stuff. And you know, you got you got Kelsey. I never I thought I never thought I'd say this, but you know, he's probably gonna if he stays healthy, he'll break he'll break all those records at, at, uh, for the Chiefs as far as tight end or receiver play because he's. I mean, he after the catch, y'all after the catch. But well, like Jason said, I just think they don't stay with the run. I think the, I think if they just stay with it and and stay consistent with it, it'll be fine. But I just think after a little while, they just let Patrick do whatever he wants to do and they get away from it. So I'm not gonna blame it on scheme. Jason, yeah, I I, uh, I, I agree with that. You know, and, and a lot of it is, and I, and I I do believe it's continuity. You know, there's a little bit of, of that there. And, and Willie knows, you know, Willie, when we were sitting there talking about guys that you that you play beside, you know, constantly, you you know what guys could do. You know what B. Wallace could do beside you. You know, not come in. We just, we practiced these plays. When it was if boss, toss, whatever we, we wanted to run, we knew a particular guy that was in that place, what it can do. Well, sometimes we bring another guy in who hasn't quite been there and doesn't understand the calls as much. You know, sometimes you're like, hey, man, like, you know, you know what I was going to do on this play, or you know I'm going up here, I'm, I'm doubling up here to this guy. And if he's not quite on the same page because he hadn't really been practicing with you, that's really tough. And especially on the offensive line, I said that that right there, that position in itself, everybody has to be on the same accord, on the same page every single play. Uh, and then also, too, like, like Willie said, man, if you, once you're, you're passing the football, you know, then all of a sudden you get into where you're always in a pass there. And this it, it goes into just technique, right? Because then all of a sudden you just start sitting back in your heels a little bit more, right, Willie? If, if, do you agree with that? Because sometimes yeah. when you're in one mode, you know you got all your cleats in the ground. I mean, you yeah. dig it in. You know you're coming off the football. But then if you mm-hmm. get into like passing up, your your technique starts to, uh, uh, I guess, wane a little bit because you you're getting out of that run technique as much. So, man, I, I've said this before too. There's some guys that I'm worried about when you get into the playoffs. When you start having Pittsburgh, you know, uh, the Ravens, I mean, it's going to be a, a tough haul. And I said, man, you got to get this stuff fixed right now. You have to. And so you got to get you guys, everybody back on time, make sure everybody is healthy. And then, like you said, you have got to establish the run. I, I don't see anything else happening besides that. If not, then guess what? We're going to keep coming after Mahomes, keep coming after the quarterback, and you, we, don't, we don't want that. Yeah, Eric, I know the past few shows you haven't been as concerned with the O line as Jason has been. Are, are you? I mean, are you, are you kind of changing? Uh, are, you, are you kind of changing after seeing this past weekend, or are you still you still think that we'll get things together by the end of the season? I feel like it'll come together at the end of the season. I mean, because as I look at it, uh, Pittsburgh doesn't—they don't have a, a, an overall complete uh, team. As I, I think that we're a better offensive and defensive team than they are overall team. Uh, now, I do like Mike Tomlin. I think he's one of the best coaches that we have in the league outside of Belichick. Andy Reid's great quarterback. Offensive scheme and defensive scheme, Tomlin is, is excellent at what he does. And we saw that what he did when, when uh, Brotlesburgers went out last year. And I think they still were above 500 as a team overall. And they don't really have any big-name guys on that team. You know, you put James uh, Connor, is it O'Connor or Connor? The running back. Throw him Connor. in after you get rid of, of uh, Le'Veon, and he just, you know, he finds a way to, 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 put, to put this team together uh, successfully. Uh, so, as a complete unit, 
I don't see any team just offensively uh, got the running game and passing game down complete. Uh, you're going to have struggles at times. Uh, I just think that at this moment, coming off last year and where we're at right now, I just think that we are the better offense overall uh, going into the second half of the season. What, what about when, when, is the, when is the right tackle coming back, Swartz? Yeah, I don't know that. I think they're, they're hoping that the bye week that he can come back uh, after the, the bye week. And that's, that's, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you who'd be a tough out too. If, if, if the Raiders found a way to make it in the playoffs, cause they like to run the football. If the Raiders made it in the playoffs and made that wild card, cause they probably won't catch the chiefs. They, they'd be, they'd be tough out because the Raiders going to run that ball play action and they get hit you over the top. You saw what they did to Kansas city earlier this year. I know the secondary was banged up. But the Raiders gonna got them big old boys up front. They like them big linemen, you know, six, 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 seven guys, three thirty, three forty, and they're gonna try to maul you and come out to your front. So the, if the Raiders get in, they they would be a tough out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and, and that was actually one of the few games. I was I think I was watching the Colin Coward show, and he was talking about how if you look at the games that Chiefs have lost, the games where teams getting the kind of shootouts with them, the Rams game, and then he recited the Raiders game that just happened a couple weeks ago. We're like teams, if you match the Chiefs for, uh, score for score, and then when you want to go to uh, ground and pound, you can, you can do the teams that do that. There's the teams that kind of that, that beat the Chiefs when it comes to that. And only oh, two oh, teams. Oh, and and a, t- a, team that, a team that's good with their front floor that, that doesn't have to blitz a lot, that gets the drop guys. So you, yeah. you can't blitz a lot against Mahomes. He'll pick you apart. If you can put, like any good quarterback, you can put pressure on with the front four then you're going to have a chance against Mahomes. But if you if he gets to moving around and having fun back there, he'll, he'll tell you what, man. That, that kid, the way he understands the game at this level, you don't see guys play like that and understand it, you know, mentally like he does after two or three years. Yeah. And I think that I get the, the biggest concern as far as, uh, you know, as a fan is you see last year we, we didn't really have – running game throughout the season, was there, we thought McCoy was going to come in and do, do his thing. And we thought Dame, Dame didn't really come on strong until the postseason. And I guess if, if you look at the, the rushing yards, we had 400, 400. I think we combined had 1,000 yards between like five running backs last year. Um, and I guess so, seeing that this year, we have, we've actually showed flashes this year, but I guess it's consistency is more of like just putting that together every week, having the game we had against Buffalo, but every week. But like you said, Eric, I don't think it's – we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna see the A-plus game, A-plus game every week from a team, you know. I mean, it's, it's sure. just tough to do to bring that out every week. Um, so I guess we'll, I guess we'll, we'll be happy with the uh, the A plus we get from the the, the four hundred yards a week from Mahomes. <laughs> oh heck yeah. Um, but uh, next next topic. Um, over over the past two years, we've seen the teams that are able to maintain drives and keep Mahomes on the uh, on the offense on the sidelines see the most success against us. While Carolina did uh, blow a thir- fourteen and three lead, we saw Carolina did average about eight minutes on all of their touchdown drives. It seemed that the underneath routes were killing us and. What kind of defensive changes need to be made to kind of help help our offense get back on the field and kind of take take away these sustained drives, Eric? What have you noticed as far as that, like from what you saw this past weekend? It's mostly with the linebacker play. Um, you know, a lot of those crossing routes are, are it seems to me like our, our linebackers are playing too far up in the, uh, when they, they go for play action uh, and, and they get, they get too caught up into the, into the, the, the front seven of, of where we don't need them at. And, Crossing routes are hard. Uh, you run into zones, you know, you pick up a few yards here and there, and it takes you out of, out of position. Uh, but I, we have a smart enough defensive coordinator. I think 
with our, our secondary plan starting to get better and, and our healing, Chris Jones back. Uh, I, I think that we we'll, we will come together at the end of the season, right when we need to be. I mean, last year, it was like, you know, everybody was complaining about our defense, our defense, like our old defense from the past. And it's like, we just have to go out there and put up way more points than everybody. And all of a sudden, we get into like game 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 throughout the end of the season. Our defense played phenomenal. And so then it was like, okay, we got this. And so uh, I just don't want to push the panic button right now. I know it's midway through the season. You know, you don't have uh, the, the conference teams that you're playing that you know well, even though we did lose to a conference team in the Raiders. Um, I just think later in the season, we'll, we'll, we'll have everybody healthy, uh, in-season mode, playoff mode, hopefully, and ready to get this thing rolling. Jason, what did you see? Man, uh, so to me, it, it's, it's always – it's penetration. It has to be. It has to be pressure applied by that, that, that front four. I mean, it has to be. I mean, sometimes you get pressure, of course, from, from, from the blitzes, but you don't want to be able to blitz all the time, you know, because all of a sudden it opens you up to a, a big play here, you know, first downs there. So it's got to be penetration. It has to be pressure from that D-line. I know Chris has been a little banged up the past couple of weeks, but, it, you know, for you to be successful – Defensively, especially I know going against an offensive guy, I would always hate guys coming in pressuring a, a, a quarterback or getting into the backfield. That right there disrupting offense more than anything else. That in, that type of penetration, the penetrating defense is always tough to handle. And so you gotta you gotta get more up, up front from those guys. And like he said, man, when you we run in pick routes, I mean that that's that's what you want to do. You want to cross routes, pick routes set guys up. So I started seeing, you know, a lot of like cover zero, you know, a little man coverage and that was getting them in trouble. So that, you know, they, they get hit them off some big plays off, off the, off the defense, off the, uh, off the blitz. And so if you had to rely on that team, just going to find your tendency. That's, that's what happens in this league. They start finding your tendency, just doing film work, film study, and start seeing what you start doing. But I know Spags does a good job making adjustments. Uh, it does start making adjustments a little bit later, but I, I got to see, Better play from that that front four. Have to. Willie. Yeah, I agree with that. You got to put pressure on the quarterback with the front four. And and you know, uh, uh, what's the kid? Uh, Clark Clark's picked it up. He got a couple big plays. I like the kid ninety two. I know they lost the other guy. The ninety two is, is playing good. Yeah, I like him. And you got Jones in the middle. But uh, you know, overall the secondary, every, they get everybody back healthy. They're going to be tough to deal with. But like you said, you don't want to be blitzing all the time. And, and I mean, all these teams can throw the football now. It's, it's a different league now. They'll spread you out. They'll put somebody out the backfield. So, you know, they read that blitz and they're going to try to attack it. So, like I said, if, if your front four does good work for you, then then, then you, you're going to be in good shape. Look, man, it is so vital. And, and guys like that, you know, we played. So we know. We, we sit there. We watch the game. And I know y'all guys are sitting up like, man, what is he doing? Like, oh, how you been sacked? Like, so, you know, you just you, you just know how when you play, you see guys out there playing, and you see sometimes when they, they mess it up, you're like, dang God. Like, how can you just see that? So. Well, there actually, uh, Eric, I did want to ask this one question. At the end of the game, when there was like six seconds left, and we were kind of playing this prevent formation, and they ended up doing that little, that, that, that kind of like hitch route to get them like up like, like six yards to get them closer to the field goal range. What, what, did you did you not agree with that play call? Because I, I know from, from what I was saying, I was like, what? why are they playing a prevent right now? There's, there's still like eight seconds left in this game. You know what? I didn't even catch the end of the, <laughs> that play. So, um, 
uh, a prevent. I, I tell you what, he, I, I, I'll break down to you real quick. All right, so you had you had probably where they needed about ten yards to get into like field goal range, right? And so what they ended up to do, they called a timeout, and Spags and him end up going to prevent. Well, I, he got upset with the the, uh, the linebacker for calling the timeout, which you know probably should just run the clock out. But it gave him time to actually give a play. So what they did is they get prevent with about seven seconds left, and you needed ten yards. So they just thought they was going to do either a chuck play. Or, you know, if you need 10 yards, all you need is just a quick out. They didn't even cover the sideline. They didn't cover the sideline. So I guess the question is, would you play prevent when you got about seven to eight seconds left and they need 10 yards for a field goal? What would you do? I mean, I obviously wouldn't call that because if you if that if that's the case and you want somebody to just get a few yards, get out of bounds, you're basically giving it up. Uh, but I, I prevent is just to give up the few yards if 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 they go if they get for the field goal, I think it would have been a tie. What we went. They would, they would have won by one. one. Mm-hmm. They would have won. Uh, I thought it was 34-31. <laughs> Dang, my bad. I'm, I'm wrong on the score. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I don't I don't understand that one, Dan, because um, that, that that jeopardizes the game. So, yeah, I have no understanding as to why you would call a prevent defense to do to do something like that. But I, it obviously worked. Yeah. And what, I mean, he, he still ended up uh, with, uh, attacking the 67-yarder, which would have been the uh, NFL uh, record. So, um, yeah, it was it was a weird call because they had no timeouts left, and it seemed like we thought they were only going to go for one last play. But I guess they thought they could get two out of it, and, and they did. Um, so yeah, luckily they, he he missed that uh, that kick wide right. <laughs> yeah, hey man, he had distance. Looked like he had the distance too. He did he did? And, and that's the uh, second week in a row. I think they they almost they attempted a, a long kick like that the, the uh, week before against Atlanta. So that they, they, they trust his leg big time. So that it was you know. Happy that he missed that. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on to number four, uh, Chiefs concern number four. Usually we talk about the upcoming game. We do a preview on that. But this week we got the bye week. So um, I, I did want to ask you guys, you know, the bye week is usually a time for players to relax. What did you guys uh, do during your bye weeks? What was something that did you guys have, like a ritual you would do every bye week that you have for every season? Some of the guys would go to Vegas or do yeah. or whatever. I think Vegas was the spot guys wanted to go. Guys wanted to get away and have a, little, a good time on the byway. <laughs> yeah, do you guys have any wild on the spot? <laughs> man, I, I, man, I stayed at home looking at my playbook. Yeah, I in, in the cold thing. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's no, usually, that's, that's no, you know what? That's usually what happens. No, you, you know what? Actually, you know, you're always looking for that bye week, and, and, and every coach is different. Every coach is different. I know uh, sometimes we, we would, you know, sometimes they want you to get too far away from, you know, the facility mm-hmm. where guys can get in trouble and, and, and you know, of course, be out on your own, you know, because, you know, you'd be like a, a wild dog sometimes getting out there just, you know, just wanting to hunt just a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I, I would – so I know Coach Ramil would give you like one or two days and be like, look, be back here for the meeting. You had to be here at a certain time. Uh, I remember, man, I, I missed the meeting. We were supposed to be back. And we went to Vegas. We actually went to Vegas. And so I'm going to tell this quick story, man, because I, I, at 88, I get this joke every time on this. So we, we go out to Vegas, and we're supposed to be back the very next day for meetings. It was supposed to be, you know, in the afternoon. And so, you know, you always had to catch that flight kind of early in, in Vegas to get back. Uh, who are you with? Uh, who, who's in your crew? 
I won't. I won't name. <laughs> name. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you. You know. Okay, me Gonzalez and his brother. You know, because you know. You know, a lot of us tight ends. Yeah. Everybody. So you know, everybody kind of you know converges. Everybody takes different flights to get out there. You just see the whole team is halfway out there, right? But uh, we were supposed to get back. Well, we went out the night before. The very next morning, supposed to be the wake up call. Well, you know, you done tied one on real good last night. He swears up and down this joke and said he knocked on my door, right? He's like, JD, man, I knocked on your door like eight times. I said, man, ain't no way you knocked on my door eight times. I said, man, if you get to that point, you make sure I'm on that flight. You make sure I'm on that plane. And so I missed the flight uh, going back to the facility. So, of course, I talked to Coach Vermeil on the flight. You know, Coach Vermeil has a little flat. <laughs> well, J.D., you know, you got to pay for this one. <laughs> Hold on. Was, was, it, was it the bye week or was it just a regular week? No, bye week. It was a bye week. And we had, we had a meeting during the week. Yeah. So, you know, so you know, Coach Vermeil sometimes will let you – He'll give you like a day or two or like a day and a half to get off. Because you know what guys going to do. You know, go to Miami. I mean, you see it all over the league. By a week, somebody's on a boat in Miami, you know what I'm saying? Or somebody's over overseas somewhere. Always crazy stuff going on by a week. So Coach Mill knew that. So he would always make it sure that we was coming back within a day or two. You know, day or two. Guys wouldn't just get too wild and, and too crazy. So, so yeah, I had, to, I had to pay for that week. Put it that way. I paid for that one. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> now, and I guess that that's, that's another thing. I, I think it might be. Uh, I mean, I didn't even know that. I mean, that you guys would have meetings that, uh, during a bye week and stuff. Is that is that coach? Is that does that determine? I guess is that more co- coaching, or like that that's determined by that, or is that more like mo- most coaches are going to have a meeting or two during a bye week? Go ahead, Willie. I, I just think they want to just keep your eyes on you, and then and then with some guys like us, they want to make sure you working out or doing something because they're worried about you drinking a little too much or gaining weight. They don't want you coming in twenty pounds heavier than you out from the bye week and you gain a bunch of weight. So they're worried about it too because they want you to be ready to play after that bye week. So it's kind of a it's it's a couple of different things they're worried about. <laughs> well, I guess the question: How much game preparation really goes in during the bye week? So people always say, oh, it's, it's, not a, it's not a lot of game preparation going on during the bye week. No, you're off. They just want to keep tabs on you. It's like it's like it's like you got a child and you got you got him in daycare or something, and you got him, you don't want him too far away from you on the park, and you want to keep an eye on him. They just want to keep an eye on you, basically. Good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> So what people say, you know, Andy Reid's got two weeks to prepare for the Raiders. Is that that's more of the coach? The coach is the one's kind of working through the Bible. Yeah, that's, that's the coach. Yeah, that's that. That's like a teacher work day for a teacher, then, right? It's like everyone else is off, but the teachers are, are still like doing their bit work and business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, the coaches are, they encourage you to get away from the facility, you know, because I mean, you're there practically every day up until yeah. you know, six or something. Man, like, get away. Just look, get away. But like you said, not too far, you know. So I, I don't want to get no no calls from. You know, yeah. no department, anything like that. So just make sure you you maintain what you need to be. Be professional, right? but get out get out of here. Get away. Yeah, we don't we don't want you going to jail or getting no calls. Something going on while while you're gone, and then you got some more teammates with you. Because then that then that can be more problems too. They really gonna be upset about that. Eric, do you have any crazy bye week stories or? <laughs> I don't, man. I just I was the Vegas guy. I go down to Vegas and have a little fun, sit at a table, play some blackjack. That was me. 
See a few shows. Well, what, Willie? I, I, you know what? I don't. I, I don't remember if, if if we had to be back during the week. I probably was going more to California, going back out to California, maybe for a couple of days. Because usually, if you had the bye week, you played that Sunday. They might let you be off early in the week, and like you said, they want you there later in the week. So I probably go out to Cali and just relax for a few days. I wasn't like I was trying to go to. Cancun or nothing like that. I, you know, I wasn't trying to leave the country. Or go, you know, I was just trying to get away from a few days. And so, with uh, I guess this being the first year that the Vegas has a football team, is that like I, in, a, in a normal year, let's say you know a non-COVID year, do you think that could be I, I may, maybe a concern for some players? Like you know, go going to play in Vegas. I mean, do you, I mean, I guess you know, Miami. No, not, not this year. Yeah, I, I think they'd probably rather go to Miami than Vegas this year if they wanted to hang out. Right. Mm-hmm. Could you see that being a problem in the future when in a non-COVID year? Or no? I think I think it's different. I think I think these guys social media is different now. They can't do they can't do what was going on in the nineties and two thousand, you know. They can't it's just it's tough. You can't get away. It's too many cameras and now that stuff gets posted too fast. Yep. And I think sometimes too, you know, if you're living in a city like that, at least loses a little bit of its luster, you know? Because yeah, you, you're there all the time, right? So it's like you could go out anytime in Vegas if you, if, you know, if you had a team in Vegas. So yeah, like I said, maybe to them, they might want to go to Miami or New York or something like that. You know, something a little bit different. Right. All right. All right, so okay, so now we're gonna go to the final segment, which is the Chiefs Kingdom concern segment, where I look at all the Chiefs Kingdom hot takes and each of you get to respond to one of them. We're gonna start with you, Jason. Uh, Jason, our first Chiefs Kingdom concerns for you. Uh, lots of Chiefs Kingdom has been going nuts about uh, PFF's overall QB rankings, which has Mahomes at number four behind Tom Brady. And one of PFF's head analysts at PFF, Sam, has been defending this ranking by saying, quote, yes, Patrick Mahomes has 25 touchdowns and one interception, but the one INT isn't a fair reflection of his, of his turnover-worthy uh, plays. He's behind only Carson Wentz with seven and, and Fitzmagic with six and dropped interceptions by the defense this season. I'm not saying he sucks. He's still incredible. But the one interception stat is a mirage. Jason, what do you, what's your response to that tweet? Wrong. It, I, I have no idea what these jokers are looking at, to be honest with you. I mean, seriously. I, I, when I look at this, uh, it's almost a joke to me. I think sometimes when I, when I see these rankings, I'm like, sometimes guys just need something to write about. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it seems like to me. I mean, to, to me, clearly, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback out there right now in, in the NFL. Tom Brady, behind Tom Brady? I mean, Tom's been playing terrible of late. And yeah, not, not after the last couple of weeks, he's not. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, when, when you know, I, I think sometimes these guys, man, talk, talking heads and, and pro football, man, I just, sometimes I just, I don't know. I think sometimes they just want that controversy. They just want to have something to say. But if you're watching Patrick out there, I mean, one interception, come on. In eight weeks? Man, that's tough. Especially with the tips he's making too. Oh, and, and I, I I can't understand when people say, "Well, that's what he's supposed to do." That's what he, yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. But that's still an amazing feat, regardless of it. So you still got to compare it to everybody. You just you can't just say, "Well, look, he, you know, he's supposed to do that." Yeah, he's supposed to do that. But he's on top of his game every single week. It's hard to stay on top of your game every single week. I don't care who yeah. it is. Yeah, and then you also look at uh, dropped interceptions. I mean, that's. Not interception. I don't know why that's even being looked at. No, 
it's I don't know, man. It's just crazy to me. I mean, really. I mean, at, at the time I, I was looking at, of course, Russell Wilson, what he was doing. But you know, being behind Tom Brady, you have you know Patrick Mahomes. I get what, fifth. They got him at fifth. A fourth. Mm-hmm. Fourth. I mean, Wilson, Brady, and then Mahomes. Listen, if he ain't if you ain't talking to top two with him, then you missed me in that whole conversation. I, I can't even hear you. Right. Seriously. So. Wrong. Whatever it was, wrong, buddy. Wrong, buddy. <laughs> All right, uh, Eric, our next Chiefs Kingdom concerns for you, which comes from at Price A. Carter, who, quote, tweeted a video of Ben Neiman catching Teddy Bridgewater on that fourth and long run. Uh, he tweeted, Willie Gay makes dynamic plays, and then Chiefs coaching staff, Colin, we need to give Ben Neiman more snaps. Eric, what's your response to that tweet? I, I at this point, um, there's a lot of people that we have on our defense that that that, that can play in it. Well, especially in secondary, um, we have we have a, a everybody's about the same size. And even for Tyron, Tyron Matthew, he's small for a safety, and so at times we line him up at the nickel to cover either a wide receiver. Uh, we saw him at, at uh, he had to have McCaffrey run out of the backfield, which he got caught up into the offensive play. And when he caught the first touchdown. Uh, so we, we have the team that you can basically line up and, and put guys in at any position uh, because of their talent level. Uh, Neem is one of those that, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be a good talent in the NFL. Um, and, and right now it's just at the point of, of, of where we're at. Um, we need to solidify the guys that we do have right now. We got to let these guys get this work to make sure that we're prepared when it comes to the playoffs game. You know, we, we sit here and we talk about how good Baltimore is and how good Pittsburgh is and, and uh, Tennessee, that these teams that we, ha- we potentially have to face in the AFC matchups. Um, so, yeah, it's good to have those other guys come in and get good reps and show their potential. Um, but for right now, we have to work on the guys that we have uh, that are out there on the starting field to make sure they're getting the, the solid reps that they need. Now, if it's a blowout game, you know, we can throw guys in to um, to let them get that 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 those reps that they need to to progress and, and to become better players. But at the moment, um, we got to solidify what we have to make sure that we're going into this playoff um, ready to just take it take on any and everybody, uh, especially with the way that our top teams are playing. As far as like like I said, Baltimore, uh, Pittsburgh, and uh, Tennessee. Yeah, I think from a fan's point of view, I think everyone wants to see Willie Gay. I think in the, in the, the, the small amount of plays he gets and the reps he gets, he looks great. He looks great doing his thing, but I think people are just kind of still kind of confused as to why Neiman is still getting started and still getting more reps than him overall throughout the game. Um, you think it's more of him being a rookie and just not grasping the playbook or the scheme yet? Or I, I don't know. That's a that's a that's a coach's decision. I, I can't make that. Uh, I'm a spectator, former player. Um, you know, I, I make, I sit on my couch and I make a lot of calls, but they don't matter. <laughs> um, cause that's a, that's that, like I said, that's, that's a coach's decision, uh, for what they see in, in the players and what they like, um, and also what they bring to the team. So, um, we got to check with bags on that, see what, you know, what his, what his thinking is on that. So, uh, to me, uh, I like what we're doing so far. Um, like I said, I just want the guys that are out there now to get the uh, the good reps, to get the reps that they need um, to either build their bodies, build their minds up for what for what's to come. All right, 
All right, Willie closes out here with our final Chiefs Kingdom concern, which comes from at dharms19. He tweeted, I'm glad Martinez Rankin was fully elevated. I don't expect, however, the Chiefs to just insert him in the lineup aside, uh, aside from an injury. We saw LDT come back from his injury last year and just didn't look the same. So don't get your hopes up that he's going to come in and play right away. Willie, what is your response to that tweet? Martinez Rankin's coming back from a, a patella uh, knee injury last year and it'd be the first game back uh, uh, coming off the bye week. What's your uh, response to that tweet? Oh, you, you talking about the guard? Yes. Uh, I think he, he played guard and tackle, but yeah, I think he'll be playing guard. Yeah, but he, he, he's a good player, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, well, we, we, he's had, I think, I think he'll be all right. I mean, he's had time to heal up and, uh, uh, you know, Patella, you know, that those are some injuries, but if he, if he feel good, it feels good and he's practicing and doing well, I mean, I mean, they don't know if he's ready or not. So if he comes off the injury and he's ready to go, he's ready to go. I think that'll help solidify that line and that, and that'll just be able to move somebody to their regular position and, 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 you know, put the guys where they need to play. And then when you get Swartz back, now you got that line and you, you're pretty back. You're pretty solid, but I will say this: I'm, I'm happy with the way Fisher's played well this year. I saw his pro football ranking; he was in the top ten. So I'm happy with Fisher. I know uh, Swartz has struggled a little bit early in the year, but any anytime you get a guy back and you get to move guys in their natural position, and like you said, get him back now. So, so like J JD said, you get the continuity with the line. You need that continuity. So he needs to be out there playing, and they got a long, they got half half a season to get that continuity going into the playoffs. You, you want you want to be rolling going into the playoffs. You want everybody fresh. You want everybody knowing what they what they got to do. And you want them feeling good going into those playoffs. Awesome. Awesome. I guess uh, And last uh, question before we go. Um, I don't know if you guys are big boxing fans, but I know Eric's a huge fan this weekend. Uh, our boy uh, Terrence Crawford is going against Kell Brook. Uh, who you got in, uh, in that one, Eric? Don't don't even ask me. <laughs> oh, Profit all day. Yeah, you already know what I'm gonna say. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's good. It's gonna be a good one. I was watching the uh, the Javante Davis fight uh, two weeks two weeks ago, and it's yeah. Crazy. Now that now that 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 division is tough. You got T.O. T.O. Female, what's that kid's name? And you got uh, you got Ryan Garcia. You got some kids that can fight in that division. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think we talked about it over the summer, Eric. I think we, we're finally starting to see like boxing come back and become more of a mainstream thing, and people are starting to get hyped about it. So I'm 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 excited to see that. Oh, it is. And I'm I just talked with a friend from Omaha, so uh, hopefully after this fight uh, this weekend, uh, they're going to try to hype it up to get Errol Spence to 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 to, to match it up with, with Crawford. So that, that's the one I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Man, are they still having it like in the same venue where you don't have any fans? And, you know, because every time I, I see the last ones, it just looked like you in a like in a sparring session. That's what it looks like. You know, it just yes. <laughs> so they so they okay. So they still gonna do it like that where it's just yeah. I mean, we're in a crazy world, JD. So we gotta you know, set things I, the way they are. You know, I'd rather have it the way it is than to right. have no sports at all. So right, right. I got you. Me too. I'm right with you on that one. That's for sure. sure. Yeah, I, I can't wait. So we'll, we'll probably talk. We'll talk about that next week. Um, so we'll see you next week where we discuss the Raiders week and what that game means what that game means to the current team and the historical impact of the rivalry. If anyone in Chiefs Kingdom has any Chief concerns for these two guys, please tweet at us at, at Concerns Chief and please subscribe and follow us on Chief Concerns on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Willie, thanks for joining us, man. We're really we're really happy to have you, man. Uh, it's, Willie, it's, Willie. it's always good to see the guys. Always good yeah. to talk to the guys. Go back to the old days. We're gonna get you back on, Doug.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.